All right, it is 3.20 here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app as we are currently watching the Pittsburgh Steelers march their way out of the locker room and get set to run onto the field here in the postponed AFC wildcard round, excuse me, super wildcard round game that is getting ready to start here shortly, followed later this evening by, of course, Philadelphia and the Eagles on the road taking on Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank you for tuning in on this Monday. A few house cleaning items here, if you do not mind. Uh, It is that time of the year again. We are inching closer towards Valentine's Day. So Blitz 1170 at Triad Eye Institute would like your help in showing a little love to our vets with Valentine's for Vets. You can create homemade valentines and drop them off at Triad Eye Institute in Tulsa, Muskogee, Bartlesville, Grove, Claremore, Pryor, or McAllister, or even here at the Blitz 117 Studios and downtown Tulsa, right across the street from Guthrie Green or the Channel 6 building. You can learn more at theblitztulsa.com slash valentine. Again, that's Valentine's for Vets from Triad Eye Institute and the Blitz 1170. Also, if you would like... To text the word Tulsa to 918-262-5072, you are automatically entered for a chance to win tickets to see Tulsa host Wichita State coming up at the Reynolds Center. That is later on this month. As a matter of fact, that is January 31st at 6 p.m. over at the Reynolds Center. It's TU versus Wichita State. 918-262-5072. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. You just send the word Tulsa and you are automatically entered. All right, gentlemen. Where should we begin on this Monday afternoon here on the Blitz? Do we want to wait and hold any anger, any hostility, any celebrations, any just casually watching of the NFL playoffs until a later segment and just discuss what went down here on the hardwood from this weekend? Or would you rather just rip the Band-Aid off or stone-cold Steve Austin it into the cold tub for the very first time. I will completely leave that up to both of you. Because it's your favorite yeah, teams that we're talking about here. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's go football. I had a boss that would do this all the time back in a previous light. Life or light. Same guy that would walk around turning the lights off in the building even when you weren't out of the room yet. I was like, hey, I'm working over here. NFL. Thoughts? Question mark. <laughs> and I give you, I give you the floor on uh, what we witnessed yesterday evening through yesterday. Well, I don't want to steal all the time, so um, okay. I, you know, I, I would just. Uh... Is that Jerry Jones who's automatically pulling the plug on Colby's thoughts and opinions? <laughs> He didn't even get like one sentence out. It was completely He wasn't kidding over. about stealing the time. He wasn't kidding at all. He was there then gone. Is the, is he back now? <laughs> okay. All right. Dude, it was almost like Jerry Jones didn't want to hear what you were going to say, so he pulled the plug on you automatically. You're like, I don't want to steal all the time. It so. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. All right, man. Um, yeah, fire everyone, burn it all to the ground. How are you um, feeling? <laughs> what a disaster that was. Okay, I, mean, so- I, I went into that game expecting that it was going to be a, a good football game. I, I didn't by any means take that team for granted or 
look, just the Cowboys' playoff history for granted, right? Like, if the Cowboys are in the playoffs, I kind of view it more on the, like, odds are they're going to lay an egg more than you can expect them to play well. So I thought that was going to be a really competitive game. I was clearly way off because it wasn't competitive at all. But I thought that it would be a really competitive game. It was going to be a, a good matchup, and, and it was going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever stopped watching a playoff game with my team in it. And when Green Bay scored the touchdown, I guess after, after Dallas started the second half and kicked a field goal and then Green Bay came back and scored a touchdown, I was done. I mean, I, I just I quit watching at that point. I was pretty much checked out on the pick six, right? That that was basically oh, the Oh, really? The game. Before half? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the situation where you're already down by three scores, right? And you're, you're kind of like trying to look at it from an optimistic point of view. Maybe the Cowboys are able to score a touchdown before the end of the half. You get the ball to start the opening half, and if you go score there, it's a, it's a one-possession one game, right? That's like trying to look at it from the optimistic perspective. Fully knowing that... When the Cowboys face adversity, they curl up into a little ball and get completely run over. I mean, I had that that feeling in my gut on Green Bay's opening drive that I had with the Buffalo game about a month Ooh. ago, where it was just like one of those what days where you just kind of, you saw the writing on the wall, you saw the body language, and I just had a bad feeling on that opening drive, and they, they punch it in. Cowboys give the ball back, and yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. But look, you lose playoff games, you lose playoff games. To to, and this is in no way taking away from the Packers, but to show up as lifeless as the Cowboys did, I mean, I that is uh, that's as bad as it gets in a postseason scenario. And I I don't know a single Cowboys fan that would be satisfied with anything short of cleaning house collectively. I thought that the we want the ball was kind of the I know who's packing the biggest you-know-what in the stadium moment from the Packers yesterday. Like, we want the ball, we're that confident, let's go. But to take the ball first, okay, Anything could happen. They could have gone three and out, right? They could. They almost did. And they almost did. But to, at the end of that drive, look up and to see that they've run eight-plus minutes off the clock. What was it, 15 plays? Like 15 plays, eight minutes to cap it off with a touchdown. It felt a little different at that point. Now, long way to go on that. But that was such a tone setter with them taking the ball and then going and doing that. That it was, it was just, it was eye-opening at that moment to see how they finished off that first drive. Now, what's so, I got to be frustrating with so many people is, where do you even start in how you place blame? What's the appropriate proportion in which you're blaming? I mean, Dak playing a, a terrible game, if not the worst. The defense, which at times had looked like that they were kind of done or at least teetering at the end of the season, was there. Uh, C.D. Lamb being a non-factor after we had crowned him. I mean, the coaching staff, mentality, 
everything. Like, where do you even begin to place blame on a loss like this, which is, I don't call it baffling that they lost, that, but just the way that they reacted to everything to me was baffling. I mean, uh, if you want to start somewhere, it has to start at the very top, right? I it mean, it has to. The, the culture that has been created there is clearly one of the major issues with the Cowboys that, you know, you can't really fix because you're not changing the ownership, right? And, and the tone setters from that regard. So that's the first obstacle. But that, I kind of feel like that almost goes without saying because that's, that's kind of the truth every year, right? I mean, for as long as, as they've been in control post-Jimmy Johnson. Um, but, I mean, I think you, you have to start with Mike McCarthy as the head coach and just looking at the way Dallas, I think, started the game, it, it felt like they were very tight and that they had they were feeling all the pressure, right, with this with this long winning streak on their home field and everything that had to go right for them to even be able to host this game. Yes. It seemed like they were feeling all the pressure in the world. And I mean, again, a lot of times I think that comes from the head coach, right? Like he's facing his old team. All of the discussions last week were Mike McCarthy's job is probably safe if he wins this game and does nothing else. But losing this game would be catastrophic to his job security. And I thought Mike McCarthy was tight, and I thought the entire team was tight. I think that's where it has to start. Which makes all the questions that you don't have the answer to later on with everything that you just mentioned that much more difficult because, I mean... How many times have we already seen the what's next? I, I mean, say what you want. I mean, they've they've come in, and the last three years in Dallas have been better than any stretch that Jason Garrett produced in the Jason Garrett era. But Jason Garrett's fired because he didn't win in the playoffs. And now McCarthy is 1-3, sitting almost in the exact same position that he was. Dak, who at one point was in the MVP conversation, maybe the best season of his career. Who's due for a contract extension. Another terrible playoff game. I mean, there are so many things that factor into the level of disappointment here that just asking yourself where to start, and I'm with you. I do think you start at the very top, which is the organization as itself, but uh, Jerry Jones, the owner, is not going to fire Jerry Jones, the GM. That's right. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that. it's going to be the Jones family from here until – I'm I'm long gone till you're long gone. I mean, it's it's going to be the Jones family for a very very long time, and I don't know really what that means moving forward. The good thing I would say at some point, even though it's going to stay in the Jones family, is Stephen Jones isn't a look at me. I have to have the spotlight on me at all times type of guy. I think he he likes some spotlight, but not in the same way that Jerry does, right? And I think at some point it would probably be a little bit easier for him to turn the reins over to someone else completely as opposed to the meddling that you're going to get with Jerry Jones, no matter what, which ultimately sets the tone for what the organization is all about. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe down the road that changes, maybe not. I mean, I could be totally off base, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's the start of it. And again, this is kind of like the, you know, rinse repeat type situation where, I almost feel like you have to skip past this step because this is the known with the Cowboys forever. And like, we all already know that part of the equation, right? Like we all understand that that's the major issue at the forefront. And then you have to, you have to work around that 
So, you know, the, the next issues kind of, I think, are, are the ones that are, are changeable, at least. It reminds you so much of, who is it, Sis- Sisyphus from Greek mythology that just keeps pushing the rock up the hill. And, lets, and then, because, yeah. dude, you know, if they, if they run it back, I mean, they're, they're going to end back up in the playoffs again. But does running this version of this team back, does it give you anything to make you feel like you've made a significant improvement in any area to get you over the hump where they have been so bad? Like in the playoffs, I mean, you could almost guarantee it's it would fall right back into a situation like we've seen over the past couple of years. And it sucks to say that I, I, I mean, for a team that won twelve games, to look at them and basically have the opinion of they're stuck. Like so many people have that opinion of a team that just won twelve games again for the second year in a row. Well, they they I mean, they, there's clearly some football aspects that need to be addressed. But just in general, I mean, that's one of the more talented teams in the entire NFL. So, you know, again, I think culture is a big part of the issue. And if you can't change, you know, the the very top seat, then you hope to at least change the head coaching position that is with those guys in the locker room on a day-to-day basis. And, I mean, I you know, I thought Mike McCarthy was, when the hire was made, I didn't love it, but I thought at least it's an upgrade from what you had. And I think that's been the case, but I, I still felt like it's it's not the type of guy that you need for the Dallas Cowboys to overcome some of their issues. And, you know, I think the penalty situation for the last couple of years has been perfect example of that, right? Zero discipline on that on that football team and in that locker room. Once again, they're one of the leaders in the NFL in committing penalties. Like that's that's a coaching thing, right? You're not coaching a disciplined football team. And I think that trickles into a lot of other areas. And then, you know, I, I guess the second element of it would have to be the quarterback. I mean, Dak Prescott, for all of the the great games that he had this year, and I, I can, as a Cowboys fan, say with absolution, this was the best season of his career, without question. I think he's he's benefited in a gigantic way from Mike McCarthy's offense and and what he was doing under Kellen Moore. But... Once again, you get into this situation where it's not about the offense and the X's and O's. It's about what's inside of that guy and the pressure he feels when the stakes are at their, their greatest, right? And there's a giant breakdown, once again, from a guy that, that seemed like, in a lot of ways, he had put some of those issues behind him this season, and you get back in this situation, and that doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, he could have had about five interceptions yesterday, right? Five or six. I mean, he was doing things with the football yesterday that looked like somebody that had never played in in the NFL before. And he was lucky to get away with a few of them. You know, even the pick six that he threw, I mean, even if that guy didn't get to it, it I think that was going to be picked off. It might not have been housed at that moment, but that was that's one of the worst throws that he's had in a long time. And And the maddening part is, I mean, look at the box score and look at his final numbers, right? Oh, yeah, that's fool's gold. The the DAC believers, and this has been a problem for a long time in Dallas anyway, but the DAC believers are like, well, look what he did, right? 400 yards. 60 attempts. (laughs) 60 attempts. But also, all of that came after the game was essentially over, right? Like, there was no more pressure on DAC. Once they were down by three scores, like, the pressure was gone. When you're... (laughs) Not just 
not just the quarterback and other dudes, but when members of your starting defense are basically taking off their tape, take it off the pads, right, Scott? Like the Packers were doing at the end of the third. Yeah. It was like start yeah. to start to take all over. the tape off the wrists and everything else. You're like, oh, 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 okay. All right, you get it now. And the broadcast crew was trying to do as much as they could with the tap dance of, well, you know, scores here and scores there and like him and Han around, you know, they get a two-point conversion here and all oh, is this a two-point game or two two possession game now when there was still like 3 minutes left. I mean, the song and dance that they had to do and the fact of the matter is is that that game was over. That was a what 41 to 16 game with 6 minutes left to go in the game and yeah, Green Bay just completely let up. Yeah, in it that was moment. over. It was an ass kicking. Yeah. Green Bay was the way better team, the way better coach team. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything else to say. I mean, they they just, uh, from start to finish, beat the hell out of the Cowboys. And Dak was terrible. The coaching staff on both sides of the football was terrible. Like, Dan Quinn has been pretty good for most of his time in Dallas. That that was also a complete embarrassment on his part, right? Oh, I my mean, gosh, the, yes. The complete inability to adjust in any way. Uh, was was uh, beyond shocking. So I think that's one of the more disappointing parts is that you you essentially know that this was more than likely one of the last times that you were going to see Dan closing out his tenure, at least as DC of the Cowboys. I mean, there were some. Makes it easier to swallow, if I'm being honest. There was some that that felt like maybe you know he is de facto head coach at uh, for Dallas in some areas, but man, 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 man. I just I was stunned, stunned at at some of the ease that Green Bay had in being like able to move the football and hit right? big shots everywhere. I mean, the touchdown that that made it forty one. I'm he had time to catch the football. He complete stop, a complete stop. Turn around, catch it, and then just casually trot in to the end zone with very little resistance at all. I, it, I can't speak on that because I wasn't watching it, at that point. Scott, <laughs> did it not look like, I don't know, middle school football? I don't think there was a defender 20 yards of him. And if he would actually hit him. And the ball hit, was behind him. Yeah, if he, he would actually hit him in stride. If yes. he would actually hit him in stride. Yeah. He could have he run to Fort Worth. Well, there, <laughs> I mean, like Jordan Love, for the, for the parts that I watched, made some incredible throws in that game. Awesome. I mean, he made some big league, like, that's a dude type of throws. Dude, how about that hip release Most that he's got? Most of them, though, were also, like, wide open. Yes, they, there were where, a lot. Uh, there's nobody in sight of of the the receiver. Has he just been watching and studying nothing but far film? Because that little, <laughs> where he drops his center of gravity to, to his right from sidearm from the hip to launch it in there, I mean, that is, that's textbook Brett Favre. From from watching it before, I mean, wow, 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 wow. He was he was great though. I mean, extending plays when he had to, and still putting the football where it needed to go. That was my biggest concern about the Packers. Aaron Jones was number one. He's he's always played well against the Cowboys, he's and good. as as the broadcast said, I mean, he's he's been hot, and he was my main concern about facing the Packers, and and uh, and then the fact that Jordan loves mobility you know, in, in some ways slows down the pass rush, which is the strength of the Dallas defense. That's why 
I, I, I said last week, like, I thought the Rams were actually a better matchup for the Cowboys than the Packers. But, you know, again, like, you have to beat good teams this time of year. It doesn't matter. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think both of those things showed in a big way. Aaron Jones was great. And Jordan loves mobility just to to extend the play long enough to to throw a dart to a wide open player down the field. I mean, those those things were killers that Dan Quinn had no answers for. None whatsoever. Uh, we've got so much more that we can get into. I, I went back. So I, I'm like you. When it was to a certain point, I thought, okay. I probably need to actually get up off of my ass and go do something productive. So I went outside to shovel snow when the game was clearly <laughs> over. And um, I did start both cars, though, to clean them off and get them ready for the morning and uh, flipped on the old Cowboy Radio Network at that time right here on the uh, Blitz 1170. And uh, that was a somber act that was taking place with – Brad Sham and Babe to close it you out. Know, you want to hear maybe Brad Sham's best call of, of the day? I would love to hear what you think is Brad Sham's best call of the day. What the holy hell was that? <laughs> there were Amen, so brother. many of those yesterday from Brad Sham. Brad Sham, the legend that is Brad Sham, saying what the holy hell is that? His sign-off in which he Epic. said, we, we gave you data. We gave you data for you, the fan, to determine if this was the worst showing ever for the Cowboys in the playoffs. We gave you data one way, but we'll let you determine that on your own. I was, I was <laughs> laughing at when he said that at the end of the game because, my goodness, my, my goodness. Like I said, we'll have much, much more on this plus – more from the NFL coming up here over the course of the next couple of hours or so here on the Blitz 1170. We do need to hit a timeout. We'll come back with more. We want to hear from you. The Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line 918-262-5072. It's not just NFL. We've got college news and notes. Hey, Oklahoma has a D.C. I, I don't know why so many people were concerned that that was not going to be the case, especially if you're a fan of uh, the Crimson and Cream the way that many people were on social media from over the weekend, but it is official. They do have their defensive coordinator. Oklahoma still walks away from Allen Fieldhouse winless. It was another rough weekend for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I can't wait to hear Holcomb's travel stories because I had to jump in and change the timing and the start on the basketball game about four different times due to <laughs> – the lack of communication from Learfield and also Iowa State, who was doing the double dip that day because they hosted, they had the women's game early in the day and they were hosting yeah, the men's game noon, yeah. a little bit later. So, yeah, I uh, I start and stopped the basketball log about four or five different times from over the weekend on the travel issues that the Cowboys were having. And then that happened to them when they went to Ames. And they're back at it tomorrow against Kansas, who just beat Oklahoma. So we got a ton to get to. As we mentioned, John Holcomb, Dusty Dvorak. We got a snack coming up a little bit later with some big-time birthdays on this Martin, Le Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This is the Blitz 1170, and we're streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.